Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Mayfair Theater Podcast. I'm Andrew. And this is Josh. And what day is it today? It's I don't know. Thursday. <laughs> Thursday, November 17th. 17th. Yeah. So we'll be chatting about movies from the 18th through the 24th. Uh, we almost had a couple other co-hosts this week, but we were just chatting about it before we started rolling, how it's the number one difficulty about trying to do a weekly mm-hmm. podcast is just meshing everyone's schedules together. Yes. Um, so hopefully Lee will be visiting us. We just missed him. Lee ran out the door to go to a meeting somewhere else. Um, and then uh, Anya, one of our other employees, asked if she could participate, which we're welcome to have her, but she's I think she's got a class today. So mm-hmm. she'll, she'll probably be here next week. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things. I was saying, like, it's like the most impressive thing when a band actually becomes a band and starts making money is just that they manage to stay together for a couple of years because mm-hmm. just, I think especially nowadays, I, I think back in the day, kind of everybody worked nine to five and had weekends off. Yeah. But now even people I know who I consider like real grownups don't just work nine to five. Like you. Yeah. You, we're not, we're not real grownups. No, we're not real grownups. We, we barely know what day it is most of the time, but um, yeah. So as I said, we'll be chatting about movies from the 18th through the 24th today. Uh, right off the bat, I could actually give an opinion on one because we're holding over Dressmaker for... Oh, okay. Uh, I, was, I was curious about this one. For a third week. We're, we're in an interesting... Um, like, last week, we had f- four or five films, if you included The Room, were all repeat films, mm-hmm. which, which is so rare, uh, but is showing that we're bringing back these films for a reason. They're, 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 even last night was like... I came to see Dressmaker on a Wednesday night, and it wasn't packed, but it was it was well attended, and um, we're holding it over for a third week, and then I think last week, Denial was three weeks, and we had brought the violin teacher back, so like all these movies that we're bringing back, which is nice that audiences are coming out to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so Dressmaker is an Australian film starring Kate Winslet. Uh, on they, it, it's funny because they they talk about it as a revenge film, and even the opening scene, it's very like spaghetti west western yeah, kind of score. That's what the music sounds like to me. And it's a sounds re- like Morricone, very much the soundtrack. And it, so basically, Kate plays someone who was wronged in her youth in this extremely small town, like like uh, maybe thirty or forty people live in this town, and she comes back as an adult to to get revenge on this town that has wronged her. Mm-hmm. And so she rolls into town and she's, she starts making clothes for people, very fairy tale almost. But then at the same time, there's some really rough scenes, like really either uh, like people dying or, 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 or scenes of violence. So it's, 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 I find it so interesting that we've been drawing kind of an older crowd, kind of the grandma, grandpa crowd, mm-hmm. who have seemingly been really enjoying it because it's not a a, a light film it, it's no. it's uh it's it's not quite but it's like almost could be like a quentin tarantino thing but yeah. then at the same time it has like real goofy romantic comedy stuff in yeah. it so i i liked it but it's it's really all over the map yeah it, it's it's and i've heard although it is very well received any negativity towards it has been that that it's kind of mm-hmm. goes back and forth a bit but i thought kate winslet was great in it and um uh, Liam Hemsworth is funny because is it Hemsworth? Hemsworth. Liam, I think it's Hemsworth. Baby Thor. Thor, yeah. Thor Junior. Thor's in it. little brother. And there's a couple of scenes where like he he like takes off his shirt, and you can hear audible gasps from the grown mm-hmm. women in the audience. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's uh, 
it, it's uh, so he's the eye candy of the film. And uh, but yeah, it's a good film. And uh, Hugo Weaving's in it. Who's, who's from the Matrix? From the Matrix, and he plays a cross-dressing uh, sheriff. I guess mm. I don't know, cop. Okay, man of the law. So it's 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 uh, this kind of movie. Like and he's a... very good. Um, and I, I always can't remember what he was in. I know he was in the Matrix, and I wasn't know he, he in was... Lord of the Rings? Was, oh, he was in Lord <laughs> of the Rings, right? Yeah, so he's been in a bunch of big stuff, but then he'll do a lot of these smaller kind of Australian or British films often. Um, but yeah, so come check out Dressmaker. That's the third week we're holding it over. Um, might be an Oscar kind of performance for Kate Winslet, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit early to start pulling out guesses for that, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see for your consideration ads for her, for actor, for that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so Dressmaker. Uh, then we have uh, one auto premiere this week. Yeah, if you like Denial, you'll probably want to check out uh, The People versus Fritz Bauer. This is another courtroom drama involving uh, Nazis. Yeah, and, and very interesting that we're having it, just by happenstance, got it back-to-back with Denial because it's a very similar story, uh, except where Denial was a woman who wrote a book about the Holocaust. Yes, yeah, this is... Uh is this set during World War II? I think so, yeah. A, West, a Jewish West German judge and prosecutor returns home to Germany to prosecute crimes in the wake of World War II, relentless in his fight against internal corruption and the complicity of high-ranking officials inside the West German government. He presses forward with his most important investigation to find and bring the Nazi war criminal Adolf Eichmann to justice. Yeah, so it, whereas denial was a woman defending herself because of the book she wrote yeah. about... Uh, the Holocaust and people saying it didn't happen. This one is a someone going directly after somebody. Mm-hmm. I think much closer to World War II yeah. in, the, in the years after. So another another courtroom drama. And again, I think I mentioned this with Denial, but it seems like a movie that it's it's interesting that these stories keep on being told because you could probably go back to like the 80s and the 70s and there were court case uh, films about World War II and and. It's something that that filmmakers and writers keep on finding new corners to to explore, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I bet you it'll do well. It, it seems to uh, that that genre, kind of the you know the heroically going after very bad people. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like Judgment at Nuremberg. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's our one auto premiere this week, and then two films, which they're not auto premieres, but I think they're almost under the classification as they might as well be like i don't think they had a big push anywhere else mm-hmm. in town guess they play yeah they play at the by town yeah um so the one is the handmaiden mm-hmm. <clears throat> comes from the director of old boy old boy park chan wook and i made sure to put that on the flyer and on the website because there's some places that put that name reverse i guess i've seen other places where yeah, it, yeah. instead of park as the first word it's it's yeah, Chan. Chan. Yeah, yeah. But, so he has, he has quite the resume. All Korean films, a few years back I went to Fantasia, and I saw a whole bunch of, I saw a couple of, like, films from Taiwan and Korea and Japan. And it's interesting that you, you can't blanket Asian film at all. Like, you can't say, that's an Asian film. Because mm-hmm. all the different countries within Asia, I find so different. And... Well, India alone, you know, oh, yeah. they have exactly, yeah, and a pretty strong film industry to say the least. But especially with South Korea being right below North Korea and all the craziness that's going on in North Korea, it's incredible that these 
very, what I'm sure would be deemed controversial, very mature, very uh, either violent or racy or both, very sexual films, mm-hmm. are coming out of the country right below the country with the mad cartoonish tyrant who censors everything. Yeah. And so, well, yes, yeah, it's Old Boy. What are his other more recent films? Um, we, I know we screened a couple of them here. Um, Stoker? Stoker. Yeah. With Nicole Kidman. I think that was his first uh, yeah. North American film. And Old Boy was one of those movies that has at least one giant crazy twist in it that blows your mind when you see it for the first time. Mm-hmm. And they're very, very R-rated or 18A. They're very, yeah. you know. And it's funny because I think uh, uh, Christy, our former manager and still current employee sometimes, she was like, do you want to go see that Saturday night? And I'm like, I do, but... I always feel weird going to see movies with friends when there's like crazy sex stuff going on on mm-hmm. screen. But so I'm going with Christy and another female friend of ours. And uh, while well, my wife Gwen is at work and uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm going to come check that one out. But it's and it's long. It's like two and a half hours. Um, and Lee was telling me that there's a point of view shot. I'm not going to go into detail, no but there's a there's a <laughs> point of view shot in this film that is uh quite something (laughs) yeah and this story like if you if you don't know anything about the filmmaker and that he has had a a a controversial films in his past it's an interesting story where it almost does again seem very like storybook where it's like uh, a servant comes into a castle with ulterior motives Mm -hmm. trying to uh um knock out the 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 I don't know what they are. If they're, they're not kings or queens, but the, the people of the castle. So it almost seems like a, a Brothers Grimm story it, or something Well, it's like set in Korea in the 30s during uh, the Japanese occupation. Right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, so that's, that's uh, one of our almost kind of premieres this week. <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, on the complete opposite ends of the scale is, what's it called? The Eagle Huntress. Mm-hmm. This is a very epic cinematography-looking National Geographic kind of film about uh, a young girl in Mongolia who is trying to become the first uh, of her family in a dozen generations to be a female eagle hunter. Mm-hmm. And it is, it just, yeah, it just looks, you know, big screen, beautiful cinematography, uh, real great kind of girl power story. And uh, the geek connection to it is it's narrated by Daisy Ridley from mm-hmm. Star Wars The Force Awakens. So although it's just narration, this is her first, her first film post-Star Wars Force Awakens. Uh, so yeah, it looks really good. And that is, what time slots do we have that one in? It's, uh, yeah, like six, 6.30 time slots. Friday and Saturday at 6.30. And some weekday matinees next week. Yep. Uh, yeah, <coughs> so that's a family-friendly film that we have this week uh, that you can come and check out. Uh, so that's those. Oh, and then also we have the Rocky Horror Picture Show, mm-hmm. uh, as we discussed. Back after only two weeks. That's after so all the crazy. craziness. Oh my God, I can't believe there's only a two week. I, I seem to recall back in the day we would like, we would have. Well, back in the day we didn't have it monthly. Now we've fallen yeah. into a pattern of having it monthly. But there would be at least a month off, and then maybe do it at Christmas or for New Year's. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, the crowds for our for our two midnight films keep drawing. Crowds or the, the, the attendance keeps mm-hmm. on hanging in there for the room and for the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, so we have an excuse to kind of keep on showing them. Uh, somebody was asking the other day about, you know, screening older films and, and we don't screen cult films as much anymore. Mm-hmm. 
and it's just I was just chatting about it with Lee we just did a little bank run to sign some things earlier and uh, it's just expensive especially if it's like one night only kind of stuff yeah it's hard to um, break even even on Rocky Horror sometimes we'll have a nice crowd but it's mm-hmm. hard to break even on squeezing them in for a one night only thing uh, and you know we can't do it on Friday or Saturday nights a friend of mine was asking me about that and I was like we can't do it on Friday Saturday nights because that's when we do our premieres and distributors want those certain dates and times and um, we still managed to uh, at a loss for the most part with rare exception except when we do like Purple Rain and a whole bunch of people come mm-hmm. but uh, someone we, has to die in yeah. order for, <laughs> yeah, for, yeah, for people much. to come out to the older movies and even kind of now like with Christmas on the horizon we've lucked out the last couple of years where somebody will rent the theater and have a public screening of something and then we don't have to book it so I think in the past couple of years there's been stuff like White Christmas or It's a Wonderful Life mm-hmm. where a community group or a charity group will have a, a screening and then we get to still show this great classic but we don't have to have the burden of worrying about the box office. And yep. um, last year we went crazy. We had a lot of stuff. I think last year was we had like Gremlins and Home Alone and Die Hard. So We'll probably do Die Hard again. We'll do Die Hard. Yeah. We'll do some things for sure. And then... Like, for Halloween this year, we had a couple of brand new films, like the new Phantasm and the new Rob Zombie film. Mm-hmm. So there might be a couple new Christmas genre-type films that are well, coming out. speaking of genre films, we do have some premieres coming up. We oh, yeah. have um, another uh, Hong Kong action film coming up, actually, uh, from director Ringo Lam, who did City on Fire. It's uh, Sky on Fire. Yeah. Which starts on December 2nd. And it's... I, I've... This hasn't even been posted on the internet yet. Might be by the time the web, by the time this podcast is up. But um, it looks, it's a Ringo. See, I remember Ringo Lamb when everybody kind of the peak of the '90s. This 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 strange world where Jean Claude Van Damme was a bankable big screen movie star, yeah. and on the heels of John Woo coming over with Hard Target, then Ringo Lamb came over and. I can't yeah. remember what he did. But I he, think he did, like, Double Team. and uh, he, did, he did at least, like, maybe two did it, or three. Did a couple of Van Damme movies. Yeah. So he did, he, like, a lot of his, his, uh, his, his fellow filmmakers who were making great stuff over there came over here and started doing a bunch of, like, Jean-Claude Van Damme movies and stuff like that. And since then has kind of gone back home and mm-hmm. continues to make these amazing films. Um is this one related to the other film? Well, it says here on IMDb, the fifth installment in oh, okay. director Ringo Lamb's On Fire series. Yeah. Uh, City on Fire, Prison on Fire, School on Fire, Prison on Fire 2. Man. <clears throat> the, story, uh, the story of the film sounds really interesting. A security guard becomes embroiled in a battle to protect stem cell research, which can potentially cure cancer from falling into the wrong hands. And yeah, it doesn't sound like an, an action, action film, film about stem cell research. Yeah, but then the poster is like people running in a building on fire. So mm-hmm. it's, it's some kind of like... Maybe it's hospital on fire. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's like the man trying to keep this information out of the good guy's hands or something like that. But I love... I think I've mentioned this before, but I love getting this kind of stuff because this is the kind of stuff that you really won't see anywhere else. Not only in another theater in town, but some of this stuff you'll be lucky to find on, you know, Blu-ray or a streaming service. Mm-hmm. Or if you get it on Blu-ray, you're paying a fortune to ship it from overseas or something like that. So this is the kind of stuff that you really won't see anywhere else. And we should mention that we have Jackie Chan, Jackie Chan, who just oh, won, yeah. an, won an Oscar. Yeah. 
Uh, we have his new film, Rail- Railway Tigers. Railway Tigers. R- Railway Tigers. It's a tongue twister. Uh, coming up in January, I believe. Why did they give him the Oscar now? Well, it's a Lifetime Achievement Oscar. That's weird, though. Don't they usually just do it, like, more near the... Or during the ceremony? I remember them... Oh, no, it's... They have what's called the uh, the Governor Awards, I okay. believe. Yeah. Um, so it's a separate... Uh, it's a separate event. Separate event. I didn't realize they did where it. Where they like, give out, you know, like Steve Martin got his Oscar. Yeah, yeah His yeah. Lifetime Achievement Oscar and so forth, so... Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Even though it's, like, an asterisk, that still counts. Now he gets to say Oscar winner Jackie Chan in mm-hmm. all of his films. Well, he's still, he's still alive, and he's still... Making movies. Well, he, he's a good example of that. Is that he's he, done like two hundred movies and he's still crazy. Yeah. able to walk and yeah, <laughs> he's alive. Do his own stunts. Because like he, he first tried to come over to North America with I think Cannibal Run. Was that the one? He made a movie called The Big Brawl. Yeah, which was directed by the guy who did Enter the Dragon. Yeah, but I don't think that film was a success. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, then he was in Cannibal Run. Yeah, I remember that when I was like a little kid. And then he did a movie called The Protector. Yeah. Uh, where he played a New York cop, but that didn't catch on. No. So it wasn't until he did Rumble in the Bronx that he became a, Which was like, a stateside success. Like, yeah, 15 plus years later. Yeah, like 1995. Yeah, and then... And Stan, I believe... Th- I think this movie is from the director of Rumble in the Bronx. Oh, okay, yeah. Unless Jackie Chan directed it. Well, and, and like you look at Jackie Chan, like it was, I think it was Miramax re-released a whole bunch of stuff and i remember i think yeah I think, like drunken master and and i think quentin was mad about some of that because like they were being like edited they were being like slimmed down for some reason to get like a 90 minute release kind of thing yeah um but then when he started doing true hollywood films like rush hour they were enormous made a bunch of money mm-hmm. but i think he was getting frustrated being the kind of buddy cop movie you, you look at the stuff he's done well he just did a buddy movie with johnny knoxville yeah, called would, skip trace yeah. which i believe is like the most successful film he's ever made and it's and it's funny because we have this point of view especially here like we have a point of view of the the U, the, the u.s box office the north american box office and even though jackie chan hasn't really done a true american film in a couple years mm-hmm He's still doing these movies over in China. That yeah. Are, they're making... And he's doing mainland movies now, yeah. not just Hong Kong films. He's yeah. doing... Like, we showed Police Story Lockdown. Yeah. And uh, that was made on the mainland. Yeah. I don't know if that was his first mainland production, but... Yeah. <clears throat> he's doing more. Not just Hong Kong films. Yeah. And I'm glad that we're getting a chance to screen them, because... Mm-hmm. Yeah, before this would be the kind of stuff that you would stumble on, like, at... You know, way back in the day, you'd stumble on this in, like, a bad VHS copy that you'd buy used railroad tigers sorry mm-hmm. <laughs> is it a period piece or is it yeah a railroad how come i can't say the word railroad railway, rail a railroad worker in china in 1941 leads a team of freedom fighters against the japanese in order to in order to get food for the poor so it's china it's another china versus japan story yeah yeah, so we don't have a date secured for that yet, but that'll be coming I up. I think it'll be in January. Yeah, in the early new year. Uh, and then we have a couple more uh, premieres that we booked that are, are so hot off the presses that I they haven't even done up posters for them yet or anything. Uh, one is called Anti-Birth, and it uh, looks like a weird horror film. Yes, with Natasha Lyonne yeah. from uh, Slums of Beverly Hills. 
Yeah, who's it was like Natasha Lyonne and And I think she's on. Is she on Orange is the New Black? She is, yeah. And um yeah, it, it looks like a weird horror movie. Chloe Sevigny. Yeah. And somebody else. There's a Or is it Anti-Birth? Did I get the title wrong? Maybe. Sorry, I don't have I don't have my listings in front of me. I just oh. have my phone. Yeah, it's called Anti-Birth. Anti-Birth, yeah. And it's uh Natasha Lyonne and Chloe Sevigny and Meg Tilly. And it's about, what is the plot here? In a desolate community full of drug-addled Marines and rumors of kidnapping, a wild-eyed stoner named Lou wakes up after a wild night of partying with symptoms of a strange illness and recurring visions as she struggles to get a grip on reality while stories of conspiracy spread. Um, the poster is pretty, pretty wild. Yeah, so we'll have that coming up in December as well. Um, yeah, basically the... Um, yeah, The Guardian says it's epically fucked up, and Bloody Disgusting says it's gross as hell, so nah. the <laughs> reviews are in. Just in time for the holidays. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, that did mean that uh, Operation Avalanche got pushed back a couple weeks, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm dying to see. I love these conspiracy theory kind of movies, so that's coming up on the 16th now. And, um, yeah, no... No Christmas stuff to announce just yet. I know we'll have a couple things. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there's the Polar Express screening oh, yeah. from, uh, by Tracy Arnett. The yeah. annual chaos that is the Polar yeah. Express screening. That's uh, the 26th at uh, 10 a.m. November 26th. So mm, that coming, November 26th, yeah. yeah. So coming up. And that is, if you're not in the know, that is Tracy Arnett is a local business person, a realtor, and she or they the company rents out the theater once a year Mm -hmm. and it's a free screening and then a free i think free kids popcorn and a free small drink or something Mm -hmm. like that so so get here early get here early it's going to be packed Mm -hmm. and um and they screen polar express every year and then they do it sometimes in the summer as well with another film but uh yeah like a family day yeah Yeah, usually a family day screening yeah and it's always chaos and packed and it's Mm -hmm. always you know, like anything else, most people are fine and cool and nice about it. And there's always somebody who's mad they didn't get in. And you just got to <laughs> explain to them that, well, there's 325 people in there already. So too bad. But, um, but yeah, so that'll kind of kick off our holiday season with uh, uh, Robert Zemeckis's Polar Express. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, and then we'll have some more stuff to uh, announce soon. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so that's kind of about it we have for this week. Maybe we'll wrap it up a bit early. Sometimes people say they like our shorter episodes because they can get everything in. Everyone's, yeah. everyone's busy. <laughs> everyone's too busy nowadays. So yeah, maybe we'll wrap it up. And then uh, next week we'll be back with maybe somebody else to chat with. Yeah, hopefully Anya, our, uh, one of our candy bar slash managers, and, will be joining uh, us. And we're, like, we're approaching like 100 episodes. So we yeah, should, oh, yeah, so, yeah. So if anybody out there is uh, famous there. or uh, <laughs> wants to be on the podcast for a special 100th episode, let us know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we we had a couple of guests on, or and it's always again, it's just wrangling people, getting it's yep. it's the work of getting somebody to come on, and then getting them on the schedule. But uh, yeah, I, I I have aspirations to keep on getting other filmmakers to guest star with us when they drop by and stuff like that. Yeah, but we'll figure something out. But uh, yeah, so we'll wrap it up for this week. Be sure to go and uh, visit our friends at House of Targ across the street, and uh, go listen to Audible. AudibleTrial.com slash Mayfair Theatre Podcast. You can download a free audiobook. And uh, maybe, uh, is there a handmaiden book? I know there's a dressmaker book. I bet you there's an audiobook for that. Okay, cool. Based on a book, so you can probably check that out. 
And uh, yeah, and we'll be back next week to chat about more movies that are coming up here at the Mayfair Theater. See you later. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye bye.